Hey, Frank, coming yeah. out with us tonight or what? Nah, I gotta meet some friends tonight. Big date, huh? Who's the new bimbo? Can I bang her first? Yeah, you wish, brother. Nah, it's more of a going away party. Nah, listen, Frank, the other thing. What? You still holding on to all those OEX contracts? Yeah, you better believe it. Why? You nervous? I don't like it, Frank. Claims numbers have dropped three weeks straight, and I don't feel comfortable with this. Boy, so claim numbers drops, everybody thinks appointment's gonna be up? Come on, Everybody, Sal. Frank, look at me when I talk to you. What? Everybody's thinking this because it's pretty much always true. I mean, when it rains outside, people get wet. Right or wrong, Frank? Not this time, Sal. I'm telling you, I got a theory. Look at this. Check oh, good. You've got a theory. Look, Frank. Fuck you and your theory. Oh, You're in awfully good. deep nice. here, Frank. You've got $60 million of the bank's money. Whoa! A hundred fucking million? What are you two doing? You want to be part of the unemployment arms? Get back to work! Sal, you knew. They raised my limit to 100. A week ago. They just raised your limit a week ago. What do I do? Sit on it? Is that what you first want? First of all, you're not going to uh, raise your voice to me. That's first off. You cannot put me, you, or this firm in jeopardy by putting $100 million in one idea. Right or wrong? Come on. Right or wrong, yeah. Listen. I think we're in for a low number, all right? 140, 135. I really don't give a shit what you think, Frank. You're becoming a oh, cowboy. That's, that's you come nice, in here, nice. you're not even clean-shaven, Frank. Stop playing with this fucking ball and pay attention to me. You come in here drinking your red bullshit, you stink like bulls, you're out on life partying, and that's okay. But when you become a cowboy, that's when I draw the line. I am still your boss. And I am telling you now, you sell half those contracts. Do I make myself clear? Do I make myself clear, Frank? Do I make myself clear to you? Yeah. Yes? Good. Have a good day. And by the way, we're still on for Friday night, courtside front row. Don't be late. Every time, that's what I think of, and I just can never let it go every week, even though it's a television reference. Welcome to the Cinema 9 Pod. Oh, as Eric cracks a refreshing ice cold. That's not a fresca, dude. That is not a fresca. Oh, it's not a fresca. Fresca free. Yeah, that looks like a Coke Zero to me. So good. Cheap so good. fresca. Uh, Wait, what show are we again? What's happening? Who are we? This is this it's is the How About a Fresca. Yeah, it's the How About a Fresca. Welcome to the Fresca Hour. It's Fresca meets Coke Zero. That's what this show is, basically. Fresca 9. And do with you that what you will. Anyways, it's Fresca 9 live, Cinema 9 podcast, cinemanipod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know. Five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You guys know how this stuff works. We only impart it to you because it's important to how the world works in this realm. That's the only reason I keep mentioning it. So please and thank you. And of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel at your leisure. Today's show will be focusing on, in a little while, as we always eventually do, 
the 25th hour or is it 25th hour is there no the it's just no 25th the. hour no the. Ooh, no the shit i don't mm. know if i put that in the title oh i didn't put the, the okay yeah i got it right all right so 25th hour no we'll duh. focus on that does it hold up or not soon enough first we always like to go around the room here if the ethereal metaphysical room travis what kind of room is this digital cyber room the, the the cyberspace that we're in now ah, it's yeah. like a hologram virtuosity right now <laughs> oh russell crowe hell yeah man. lawnmower it's man seven lawnmower <laughs> man yeah lawnmower man that sounds like fun yeah so uh travis uh last week we did a show now we're doing a show this week and Thank i know we know. just talked before you went on the air that uh you thought about going to a concert tonight but you decided to do the show for a couple of reasons but we're glad that uh you were able to join us and i'm sorry that you didn't get to go to the show well, I appreciate that. Shout out to Young Jesus. If you get a chance to check out the band Young Jesus in your life, live or on whatever listening service, you should. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they were good when I listened to them when you told me about them the first time a few years back. So I enjoyed what I heard, and I assume they've only gotten more talented, more organized. Usually bands cohese. That type of band should cohese more. Cohese? Yeah, more and more experimental kind of as they go along. Is that a word? They should cohese? Uh, I don't think cohere. Cohere. <laughs> Right? Is it coherent? Is that, that feels right. Uh, there should be some coherence to their future. Uh, no, that's not right either. You're right. You're uh, listening they, to the Synonym 9 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Grammatical correct. Fresca. Spell Fresca. Spell Coke Zero. Tra Travis, you're Travis, and he's Eric. Eric, how are you doing? What's going on, buddy? okay? Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fantastic. Not sick. Uh, really can't oh. complain. No tooth pain. All I'm right. all good. Look hey! At you. Yeah. That's great news for everybody. I don't feel sick either. I'm with you. It's great to be healthy. Ah, breathe it in. Breathe in that basement air. It's nice. It's real nice. <laughs> is that where you I will are? tell basement? you. Uh, yeah, this is a basement. Uh, although it is not a shithole Michigan basement, it's a um, <laughs> Finnish Canadian basement. So I don't know if you guys have been in one of those. Finnish Canadian? I, I never yeah. hung out with anything Finnish Canadian. Neither have I. I don't think I've ever <laughs> known somebody. Remember. Uh, it's a shitty Coke. Remember, who's that guy who said that? Shitty Coke. He used to say it's a dump. You guys remember that at all? Sounds like, are you doing more at right now? What's happening? Yeah, I know. It does sound like that. Uh, I think he was friends with the Freelings. Like, he was like, a, he was like, I don't know. He was some guy who was from not America, and he was from Europe somewhere. Belgium, Austria, one of those places. So. Shitty Coke. Shitty Maybe Coke. somebody who knows us might know who I'm talking about. Let me know if that rings a bell. Cinnamonipod at gmail.com. Right. Uh yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh, Travis, let's just dive right into it. I'm excited to find out this week what you would like to recommend or shit upon. Well, you know, it was Halloween uh, very recently. So, of course, oh, I yeah. continued my normal traditions of just plowing through horror movies all October. In fact, 25th Hour is the only non-horror movie or non-horror anything I watched this week. Uh, to start things off, I watched Barbarian, as did Eric, and stick around for after the show if you're watching us live or check out our other mini episode that he and i are going to do in the cinema nine horror corner we're going to mm -hmm. check her out check out barbarian just me and eric so we'll we'll save that conversation for later that's right uh i also checked out cabinet of curiosities guillermo del toro's new tv show that i've been looking forward to and i think a lot of horror fans were really looking forward to eric did you watch any of these episodes yeah i watched i watched about three quarters of them yeah uh, maybe we should do that on the other show too. What do you think? Or should we just do it now? Um, I guess better. Yeah, I mean your call, your call. Yeah, let's do it now. So 
Well, actually, no, let's do one and the other one because if you watch most of them, we can kind of get into them a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's, sure. let's do both. Let's do, uh, let's do both sure. of the main episodes. All oh, right. But, so, okay. case, so, wait, live show meeting real quick since we're on the air. Sure. Uh, Hi. Are we doing the mini sode live or are you guys just going to record that? Well, I thought we were doing it live, but I. Oh, I, great. Awesome. So, everybody, after the show's over, make sure you check out the show right after this when these two guys are going to talk about. Barbarian and Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, or three quarters of it. Right here on the same stream, Cinema 9, wherever you see our shows, Facebook Live, YouTube, et cetera. It's going to be great. Yeah, we'll do a little quick quick shot. So other than that, I watched The Forever Purge. Uh, I've been mm. trying to watch this one for a while. Still haven't seen The First Purge, which is so confusing because <laughs> The First Purge came out in 2018. Every time I heard someone talk about The First Purge, I'm like, yeah, I saw The First Purge. came out like in, what, 2012 or whatever. But no, The First Purge is like a prequel to that, and I don't know. I haven't seen that one. But I finally watched The Forever Purge, and... I loved it, man. I loved it. I thought it was, oh, I thought it was actually really good. I think it might be a, the best Purge movie or among the best Purge movies. Uh, it's heavy-handed, but, man, it's basically what happens if uh, MAGA kills the other half of the country, pretty much, it was, is the premise of huh. this movie, only it's the Purge instead. It's intense. It was good. Uh, I also checked out Crimes of the Future, the new mm. uh, film from the great David Cronenberg. Have you seen this yet, Eric? I, I've been staying away because of the poor reviews. Well, you should continue to stay, to stay away. It was fucking awful, dude. Oh, fuck. I, I hate to say that. I Damn love Cronenberg so much, but this was like, Shit. you know, some some artists really improve as they go along, and some even geniuses kind of hit this moment in their careers, and it's just kind of like, like they just they know what they're doing so well that they don't push themselves anymore mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. There's just it's just. It was it was like a parody of 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 itself, you know what I mean? It was like it was if I was to like just kind of like throw a bunch of random shit into a blender <laughs> that I thought that Cronenberg would do, it was all in this movie. It was just, okay. and it was also like too much in a few places, child death type stuff that just like Ooh, um, man, it was just it was just too much. Um, so I really cannot on any level recommend this. And I say this is is a pretty big Cronenberg fan. I hate to say it, but I do. Will it be his last film? Is he? Uh... He's gonna I hope not. head off in the sunset after this failure. I, I I doubt it, and I hope not. But I mean, okay. at some point there will be a last Cronenberg film, and I really hope that this isn't it. Uh, I think he's done some real. I mean, I, you know, uh, a dangerous method, and that was that was mm -hmm. him. I mm -hmm. thought that was great. He could have stopped yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I gotta say, my favorite movie that I watched this week, not including the ones we'll talk about on the uh, mini episode, it was Halloween. So, by the way, another thing about Crimes of the Future, I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm watching this movie while trick-or-treaters are coming to my door. So, like, every time the doorbell rings, I'm, like, trying to, like, pause the movie in a safe spot so that their kids don't, like, oh, yeah. get traumatized by seeing some giant sure. rubbery thing, like, cutting a person open. <laughs> 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 so that was uh that was fun but then once that was over I, I did it properly i watched halloween three season of the witch as my is my final end of the night halloween movie which i think is a just about perfect halloween movie to watch and i love it mm. well i'm kind of bummed out about crimes of the future i've been trying yeah. to watch it i haven't started it up yet so we'll see i think i'll still watch it i gotta find out for you sure to, you gotta I find do. out for yourself and then you'll come to me and say oh yeah that was not good <laughs> uh, is that all travis those are the movies i watched there it is there you those are it. the movies travis watched eric brasham you have control the board
Yeah, Urban Legend, 1998. Um, I hit play. Fuck it. I love the 90s. I love like the whole like Kevin Williamson teenage horror, late 90s. I dug it. Urban Legend's kind of good. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised at how much I kind of enjoyed where it went. Like we get, you got like a premise that seems straight out of like, all right, give me the next scream right now. Give me the next. I know what you got, did last summer. Right? Urban Legends. All right, making a movie right now. Just, who cares? But like, it's good. It's solid. Um, Mr. Harrigan's phone. I hit play on Netflix. It's the Stephen King adaptation of his short story, uh, starring Donald Sutherland. So I hit play immediately. <sighs> Not bad. Not bad. Uh, once again, John Lee Hancock shits the bed. This guy's the most vanilla, tepid, benign director that's ever <laughs> made movies in the studio system. He's just so, so just blah. The film is blah. It's like, why is this a movie? Like, good episode of like an anthology, but like a movie? Mm-hmm. Come on with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't Formula, fully recommend typical. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, typical. Um, I went way back. Roger Corman, The Haunted Palace, starring Vincent Price. Incredible. The Gorgon, mm-hmm. Aaron's Fisher, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun with those. That's cool. And uh, I think there's one more besides Urban Legend in <laughs> Mr. Harrigan's phone, which is the dumbest. How is that first meeting not like, okay, we're changing the name. What do you guys got? No, we're <laughs> sticking with Mr. Harrigan's phone. <laughs> sounds like a children's book. It re- yeah. Tell it me about it. It sounds like an old person who can't find their phone. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the, the plot. Yeah, that's pretty much the plot. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, yeah, Barbarian and Cabinet of Curiosities. That's it, man. So kind of a small week, lots going on. But uh, like I'm not – I've still got a horror craze, so I'm still yeah. going to be at them. Usually in November, like halfway through, until like the Oscar heavy hitters start coming and I got to catch up on those, I am I stick with horror up, up until yeah. like the last minute. Same. So and yeah, Mike. Cabinet of Curiosities eats up a lot of time also. <laughs> those intros. Are you saying okay, – we'll talk about Are that you saying later. it's a bit longer? Well, yeah. the, each episode is like that- a – 40 minutes yeah, to an hour. An hour. So if you, yeah. So if you're watching eight of them, that's yeah. take some time. Stick around. I got thoughts. Oh Sweet. Well, Michael, I'm well, curious. Did you continue your path to watching more and more movies? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, well, you know, Leanne got my sickness, so we stayed <laughs> the course. We've watched a record amount of movies together by far. In fact, right. I realized that actually we have watched more movies together than I realized over the last year. I just actually forgot. Unusual for me. I forgot sure. that she, which ones she had seen because I plowed through so many movies by myself. I've never had to catalog watching movies to make sure both of us had seen them or not. It's the first time I'm really locked in on that. It's a new mm-hmm. thing for me. It's, it's called adulthood, apparently. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Older or something. I don't know. You could be twenty and have a relationship too. So you don't have to be older. You could you could be eighteen. You could be sixteen. Have a relationship. Of course, you both have to be sixteen or least. Okay. Anyways, save Uh, that for twenty fifth hour. You could be shitty cocaine. Oh, hey, good reference. Twenty fourth hour reference. I like it. Yeah, we'll do a twenty fifth hour shortly. The not the just twenty fifth hour. Uh, yeah, so I watched... Uh, you guys ever see this? This is a Peter Bogdanovich film that is loaded. A massive cast from 2014. What? She's funny that way. Oh, Anybody ring a bell God. on this? Yeah, yeah, this awful. Oh, you saw this? Yeah, you saw Owen it? Wilson and a bunch of other clowns. Trapped. A lot of... I mean, oh. Jennifer Aniston, uh, Reese Ifan? Ifan? Yeah, 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 that dude. Dog face looking dude. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, dog face. He does. He has a dog in the movie too, by the way. Yeah. 
Will Forte, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Catherine Hahn. I mean, it's a, there's more. Michael Shannon has a bit part as a security guard. Michael Shannon. Like, this is 2014. He He's not unknown, but he does. But everyone has a bit part. Even these, this old guy. This is old guy's face that you just know this guy. He's been around <laughs> for a long time. In fact, I kind of want to pull even it up just to, like, find old out. old guy. Face. Even oh. this. Uh, I'm, I'm telling take, you, it's this one guy. Who's the old guy he's talking about? Let's take guesses. Yeah, you guys want to take a shot at it? Come on. You, yeah, you look take it a up. shot at it. Um, I'm thinking that you're talking. <laughs> it's not Philip Bosco. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> An old guy's face that you know. Yeah. Philip Baker uh, Hall? Yes. Yeah, Philip Baker no, Hall. No, I, I wouldn't. I know Philip Baker know Hall. I, I would say that. Yeah, Robert I would. Prosky, but he's dead too, damn it. They, yeah. guys are always Prosky, the, good guess. They always, they always play the I old found him. I found his name. I do know his right. name. All right, I so. give up. What's his name? Uh, Austin Pendleton? Austin Pendleton. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Oh, oh, Home for yeah. the holidays, the old yeah. dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, dude. that guy? Yeah, the, yeah, the, that the, guy. The, the, the boss that she makes out yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks a lot like the dad from Alf, but he's not the dad from Alf. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 not Willie. But but yeah, not Willie. just check this out real quick. Just let me Willie. read off this cast from She's Funny That Way. Will Forte, Austin Pendleton, Sybil mm-hmm. Shepard, Reese Efans, wow. Debbie Mazar, Richard Lewis, wow. uh, Imogene Poots, who's the lead. Yeah, and okay. I said Owen Wilson, Jennifer Aniston, Ileana Douglas, Catherine Hahn. It's a loaded cast That's with a lot of cast. people playing. Yeah, and I like it. It's I thought, Eric, that it was it's it doesn't... F- bullshit you right from the start there's a intro with a title card that says hey you know we remember when uh it doesn't really hold up now actually that i'm saying it out loud but we never want to let facts get in the way of a quality yarn so clearly it's a fantasy about a woman who is a hooker who wants to be an actress and how it all comes together no i don't know I, i just thought it was i thought it was fun because i like all the people in it and they it was silly it was lighthearted. it was like a it was like a woody allen movie except with like the ominous overhang of woody allen himself kind of hanging over the film without so, it you mean. Okay. without it yeah without that none of that so it's fun check it out she's funny that way 2014 right. if you never saw it uh you know what sucks and <laughs> i was just bored as fuck through it i was like turn this off leanne this is are you watching this you know i'd really <laughs> say that uh the man from Toronto. I thought it sucked. I am so tired. Have you seen these? Either one of you guys seen it this? It got bad reviews, so I didn't bother. I mean, the reviews well, okay. were awful. No. Yeah, no. and it sucks. I love Woody Harrelson dearly, but I am so sick of this regular guy or gal gets caught up in a ridiculous premise of violence. It's really played out for me. I'm kind of. I'm like, oh. Okay. oh uh, Accidentally confused for a hitman. Woody Harrelson's a hitman. Kevin Hart's just a regular guy, but he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, we got to shoot our way out of it. We're going to go on this crazy adventure. It's just, I'm, they've done this thing now for like the past seven years. I am over it. I'm over this trope. The hitman's bodyguard, all that shit. I'm not Ugh. saying all those movies are bad, but I'm just sick of these, hey, regular persons in a very violent situation. It, it's kind of being played out. Except for nobody. Nobody was awesome. I love nobody. I did like nobody. Yeah. Overall, good. I don't need any more attempts at this because more often than not, these movies are going to be bad. Seems to be the premise for me. So don't watch it. Don't even waste it. It's not even like, oh, I don't even give a fuck about anything fun. It's not. It was just like, <laughs> this is this is tired as fuck. So yeah, I, I got to say, I, I watched, it's funny you bring up Kevin Hart because I watched uh, Zero Fucks Given a few days ago as Netflix special. 
I've never seen oh. any. I've never seen him do stand up before. I've only seen him in like every movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was laughing my <laughs> ass off. So yeah, he's hilarious. I was laughing my ass off the entire special. So he's funny. It's just like so many movies, like him and Will Ferrell. Just like sign up for everything. Just throw it out there. He actually he does a lot of shitty movies. That's all. Like in he doesn't pick all the winners. That's all it is. He is a funny guy, no doubt about it. Hmm. In fact. We watched uh, Along Came Polly too, me and Leanne, and we saw it was after the man in Toronto, the man from Toronto, and we, it was Kevin Hart, who I hadn't recognized wow. when I first saw the movie. He's one of the camera people that's following Philip Seymour Hoffman around for that E True Hollywood story. I was like, oh shit, that's Kevin Hart. It's not not Kevin Hart, but it is Kevin Hart. So that was that was fun to see that. That was a fun moment. Um, uh, other than that, oh, uh, <laughs> we watched. Plus, look who's talking, and it was just hilarious. It was it was fun. All right, enjoyed it. It was a it's a, it's a raunchy intro. Leanne's like, "Well, this is very specific. Like all these little sperms swimming down a fallopian oh, tube yeah. to the egg." I still remember, yeah. yeah. I've actually yeah, been I can to, never forget that. I've been meaning to revisit that. I used to watch that one a lot as a, as a kid for some fucking reason. I guess a lot. Of oh my god, did. Travis! Yeah, I hadn't watched it in so long, but I knew like every fucking beat of the film <laughs> like when uh, uh uh what's his uh george seagal no not george seagal uh um, yeah george, yeah, not george seagal. hamilton george, george seagal. yeah george seagal. The, yeah he's the yeah. he's the father yeah <laughs> when he says kiss me molly or i'm gonna burst and then he explodes and it's a dream <laughs> that's the kind of dream i like when something dumb like that happens something really fucking stupid that's cool dream sequence oh, okay. anyways and kirstie alley she was really good in that movie, and she was, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, too. I was like, wow, I don't remember her being so attractive. Am I, I guess I'm older now or something, or I was young when I saw it, so I didn't care about this stuff when I was nine, but uh, I thought she was a pretty uh, strong performer in that film. Look who's talking. Go check it out. It's fun. I, I've never seen any of them. Like, can the baby actually talk? Is that, like, the plot, or is it, like, his thoughts? Yeah, it's yeah, his it's thoughts. Oh, yeah. And Travolta, Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis is a voice. Travolta yeah. is in is actually in it though, and like that was yeah. when supposedly he vanished. Everyone's like, when he comes back in like Pulp Fiction, everyone's like, "Oh, Travolta's back!" It's like, dude, he's been doing regularly <laughs> these movies for like years because he was like popping up in every three <laughs> years with these this series, this franchise. Yeah, he, he they did three of them, right? So yep. he he was living off that for a while there. That actually kept him alive. You're right. That was. More of the Travolta revival was that film franchise, oddly enough. That's what I think. That's what I think. Sure. That's what I, I, I know that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Uh, anyway, it's fun. Travolta plays the cabbie, and yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, they fall in love, possibly. Uh, so, yeah. And then the sequel, I think, has Roseanne as the female, the yeah, daughter who's born. at some point, there's a talking dog involved. And dog yeah, Dan- that's Dan- part three. Danny DeVito. Yeah. To really go off the rails pretty quickly here. <laughs> People keep giving us money. Let's keep on yeah. making these. Hey, the first one was a hit. Let's keep doing it. Such a yeah, sophisticated that's... original. Uh, totally. Uh, <laughs> those inferior sequels. Yeah. Oh, I got to yeah. tell you, uh, Abe Fagoda was hilarious, though, in that movie. I forgot he was. I was like, oh, my God, oh, that's right. He was the old grandpa. That's fucking funny. He was really funny. Good job. Love it. Rest in power, mister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fagoda? Vigoda. Vigoda, yeah. Vigoda. I looked at it. I was like. I was like, oh, my God, it's Vagoda? It really blew my mind. I, oh, I thought what, what I've been saying Abe Pagoda. I think I've been saying Pagoda my whole life. No, that's, not, that's something else. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think that's what I did. I substituted it in. I can't believe it. That, I'm, I'm becoming clean. When I saw Abe Vagoda in the title cards for Look Who's Talking the other day, that was the first time in my 42 years that I knew the truth. That's a fact. Yeah. Secrets. 
And gotta be secrets. Gotta be honest. Pagoda Truth. Pagoda Truths are coming out. Uh, yeah. Oh, so the other thing I want to mention, which we're going to get into with Terrence Blanchard, uh, since I watched 25th Hour. <laughs> oh, boy. Are we ever. <laughs> I, I watched Jungle Fever, too, because I just wanted to watch it again. Oh, okay. It's a great film. Yeah, it's so good. I haven't so seen good. it a long time, but yeah, it's good. Really, really good. It's probably a movie that's apropos for this show, actually, but I just I wanted to watch it again. If someone brings it back to the table, that's fine. But Terrence Blanchard is just even more... It's early days, too, so he's so, so much engrossed in that soundtrack and that score, that score. It's just nonstop, and it's <laughs> unnecessary. It's like, can you Dude, turn down dang. the Terrence Blanchard? I'm trying to hear the actors in this scene. <laughs> this even, is in Jungle don't, Fever. Don't, so. get, don't fucking crank my Blanchard. Uh, you know, I'm going to get going before we even get in the movie here. Start, yeah, yeah. Keep talking Blanchard. My, start my, my, uh, for my daughter is <laughs> almost two. She has, like, a noise machine and helps her fall asleep. The settings made me laugh because it's uh, ocean, rainforest, and Terrence Blanchard. It's <laughs> got like constant mothering white noise. So, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's funny. Well done, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're actually going to talk about that momentarily. It's about time to talk about 25th Hour. Of course, email the show, cinemanipodgmail.com. Make sure you follow everybody uh, where they'd like to be followed. Uh, apparently, I've, I've heard before the show that Twitter might be falling apart. Uh, so we're going to be on it for now. I don't know if that'll be our future or not, Travis, but yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> Time will tell. Well said. Stated. Brevity. All right. Let's get to it then. If there's no emails, which there are none, it's time to get into the 20, 25th hour. <laughs> it's not the 25th hour. Not the 25th. Just 25th. You're having a hard time with this. Yeah, for some reason I wanted to like invoke it more when I didn't invoke it earlier. I don't know what's happening. Isn't to me, that but... the expression? Like it, they wait until the twenty fifth hour, or is it the twenty fourth? Isn't there? I'm gonna wait till the twenty fifth hour. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not it. Oh. <laughs> but that's like, that's an idiom, right? At the twenty fifth hour, the, the 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 governor called and called off the execution, right? Isn't that like? I always thing? heard eleventh hour is like. Oh, when yeah, maybe exactly that's what you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think Eric's right on. The, yeah, that yeah, okay. Right. Uh, I was grasping there. Then all right, never mind. The twenty fifth hey. hour is that he's awake for twenty five hours. I guess. All right. <laughs> next week. Next week. Uh, oh, I think it's next week or in nine days. Yeah, eleven, eleven, eleven. Right at the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month of the year, World War One was finally called off. Mm-hmm. That's the story uh, they've sold us a lot. So, anyways, let's yeah. talk about twenty fifth hour, not World War One. This is not <laughs> a World War One film. Mm. By any- no, it's not. 25th hour reimagined as a World War One <laughs> final hour. No, we're not going to do that. You know, this sofa's not very comfortable. Uh, maybe it's your posture. Your posture is very important. Now, is this uh, Castro convertible? It's very uncomfortable. It's kind of, kind of lumpy. You know, I just don't understand it. It looks like such a nice sofa. How much did you pay for this sofa, Miss Rivera? Maybe it's the padding. Booyah! Could be the padding. Yeah. Probably the padding. Come on, get it over with. There's something lovely in here, Mr. Brogan. 
You know, it's a good thing I found this. It's gonna make your sofa so much more comfortable to sit on. Mr. Brogan, I do believe you're fucked. It stars Edward Norton. It's a Spike Lee film. Of course, Terrence Blanchard does the score. Yeah, we got a whole host. We got Philip Seymour Hoffman, the legend himself. And we've got uh, Barry Pepper bringing it in this yeah, one. Yeah, Ronsco. Barry Pepper Ronsco. Yeah, we got the young-er, Rosario Dawson, before she's the seasoned actress that she now mm-hmm. is. And it's a heavy, heavy crew. Eric. You've seen this movie before, right? But usually I ask Travis first. I'll ask Travis. Travis, when did you first see 25th Hour? Do you recall the time? I actually do because I didn't see it in theaters, but I watched it when it was on DVD, and I had not seen it again until last night. This is a, <laughs> okay. This was a one and then last night kind of movie for me. So That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm well stated. Succinct oh, tonight, you've you've only seen this twice, Travis? Yep, that was my second time last night. Wow. Do you uh, want to talk about Doyle the dog? Uh, you know, all of my favorite movies start with the sound of a dog being beaten <laughs> and, and whimpering in pain. That just really gets me in the mood for some good movie yeah. watching. Yeah, I, I'm, I had a feeling we'd be hearing that. Yep. Opening, <laughs> opening sounds. Jesus Lantern fucking Christ. I'm like sitting down with like my, my dinner. I'm like, oh, oh, come What the fuck? I've just hit yep. play. I'm like, what? This is awful. <laughs> Actually, I want to mention this now because I, and I know someone's going to say a Mandela effect or something, but I don't remember the opening at all. I really don't. I did. So when I, I did, when it started, I didn't. I, did. I didn't. And I, this was like, wait, is this like, this is like a Mallrats, how Mallrats got changed later on when they <laughs> changed the beginning. I've seen the change beginning now. Mallrats, the ones I find currently are different than what we grew up with. So right. I don't know. I, I thought it was one of those situations. No, I remember. Oh, yeah, shit. Eric, do you remember the first time you saw 25th Hour? Yeah, I saw this twice in theaters. I was anticipating it forever uh, back in 2002. I was I was so into Edward Norton. I saw him on stage that year in New York City, like a month before this came out. So I was like, oh. all like, I know everything about Edward Norton mode. Like, this guy's a genius. Uh, loved it, man. I've seen this like, like a dozen times since. So got a lot to say about this film. Well, that sounds like a lot to say. Uh, I Indubitably. I saw this film, gosh, it must have been 10 years ago-ish. It came too late. You know, I didn't see it early on. I don't think I saw it in the 2000s at all. I don't believe, I don't think I did. Um, But once I did see it, I just don't remember the exact year, but it, it feels like it was 10, 12 years ago max. And when I did see it, I was like, oh, wow, I love this. It's, you know, I, you got, I didn't mention we got uh, Anna Paquin too. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a very intricate film. And it was also, you know, it's right, or it was filmed right around 9 11. So this was the first movie too, basically, right? I don't think there's any argument on this that Spike Lee was like, hey, I'm from New York. Fuck this shit. There was kind of this like, hey, let's leave 9 11 alone or we can't really talk about it because the movie is premiered in 2002. So, he had a flat out, you know, pictures of Ground Zero, film of Ground Zero scenery there with the apartment with Barry Pepper and jo- Mr. Hoffman. It was a, uh, I do remember the the scuttlebutt about that at the time, but I, I didn't think I saw it till about 2010. 
<laughs> yeah, the right thing to do was delete every mention of the two towers in, in your movie if you have one coming out. Like yeah. three or four movies just excised entire sequences where they were appearing. Like what it was very bizarre. Yeah, right? I I would completely agree with that. I understand respecting what happened and all that, but that there's a fine line between respecting the dead and like just ignoring what's happening. And there's also a fine line of making money off of it specifically. I get that. I do. Are you making money off of it if you're using the bombed out husk of this building as a metaphor for a friendship in your movie? I don't I don't think so. Well, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe uh, that's not crass? Oh, I don't, I, I didn't think it was, but right. that's, that's a new... I thought it was a little crass. A good imagery, uh, but uh, because they're sitting there talking about like the history of their friendship and this is all that's left of them. and It seems pretty obvious to me that they're... That's what was happening there, but I well to uh, tarp on this point right now. I thought that it was a part of the overall weaving of the tale that Spike that Lee too. wanted. I think Spike Lee wanted it to be like a a tribute to New York overall. So I don't know if yeah. I don't know if we can prove. I mean, if you see it that way, I see what you're saying. But if, unless you know that that's exactly what he intended well, to do, no, that's I mean, your. I'm not. His, I'm not his homunculus. I have, I have no idea what his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what his intentions were but as a film goer to i mean i i i to me to have to have two characters talking about their their the destruction of this friendship because that's what they're discussing at the time is how this is the end this is the end of their friendship yeah. with them if, if he if he runs away if he shoots himself if he goes to prison whatever happens they're not going to see him again so to me that seemed like not an accidental move there i, I do think it was you know, as you say, this is a love letter to New York in a lot of ways as well. But that's to me what was going on there. <laughs> yeah, gonna uh, be for that. You can read. You, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Like Mike said, uh, there's a. I think there's a danger in paralleling the story of a fucking drug dealer going to jail with like the uh, the deaths of like three thousand people. Like they're somehow similar. Uh, <laughs> but I also think there's something yeah. to be said about <clears throat> Mani's loss of freedom uh mirrored by this significant event in terms of uh our of our, of our own freedom um yeah i think it's handled delicately at least so yeah it's up to the viewer sure oh but, absolutely uh, always is in the end what are we doing now the imdb score is that we do what do we do next what happens next what, to the show where, where are we, uh, yes. are we? Where are we? <laughs> what is it hey, you like a Fagoda and lucas talking <laughs> where are we that's not very good, Avigoda. That's more like a a guy trying to do an old guy's voice. Avigoda, very difficult. very difficult to do. You uh, want to yeah, marry him? score. You want to marry her? You're married. Yeah, that's my Avigoda. You're married. That's not bad. That's good. That's Joe vs. Volcano. I like it. All right. Uh, yeah. Score. I think this has to be in the sevens. I think it's a very well respected film with Spike Lee. It's got a great cast. It has to at least crack seven. I think it's also. By the way, and we should mention, this was news to me until a couple weeks ago. I did not know that David fucking Benioff wrote the book originally that this movie was based on, and people loved that book, and that's where Benioff and Weiss of Game of Thrones, and David Benioff is a very, very well-versed scriptwriter today who is kind of last known for the terrible ending of the season eight known as Game of Thrones, and I didn't know that at all. season eight i also enjoy his work as screenwriter of wolverine x-men origins what yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah. yes before we start kissing this guy's ass he's got some uh 
No, we're not going to kiss his ass. You just said you love season. I don't even want to go on this. I, okay, I love, maybe I shouldn't I do this. Season. I don't care what anybody says. That's I, ridiculous. I, no, hang That's on. Uh, ridiculous. I also uh, enjoyed the last season of Game of Thrones. I, I, oh I'm not crazy God. about the time leaps. There's some terrible time leaps. I but I sure I'm very happy with how the with how the show ended, which is partly why I'm not watching the new stuff because I'm like I'm 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 complete I'm I'm done. I, I don't care how it ended. I care about a lot of intricate details within the season and how they were handled. That's really yeah, where my beef was, is. It was mishandled in a lot of ways. There was too too many too many things were rushed through in that last season. I I do agree it was imperfect. But at okay. any rate, this isn't a Game right. of Thrones pod. Where were we? Uh, I'm, uh, saying, yes. I'm saying I'm saying seven <laughs> <laughs> Eric, um, Travis is right there, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna concur. I also say seven point. Well, yeah, I think I've got you guys beat because it's a seven point six. Wow, that's very very highly regarded. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent score. And I did peruse through a lot of the reviews and people. A lot of people associate wow. the book much more. That's how I learned so much more about the book is a lot of people say, I love this book. And I thought they did a really great job of bringing it to the screen. So I think there's people who are connected to it that really dug that about it. And then, of mm. course, people like me who had no clue and just, oh, it's a good Spike Lee film. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> 180,000 people voted on that. Well, um yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, I never even knew it was a book until you brought it up last fucking episode. I I had no, I'd never heard of this book in my life. Me neither. Yeah, again, I don't know how popular the book was either. I just know yeah. that it was somewhat popular, and he Must obviously parlayed it into a screenwriting career. So. And Toby, Wolverine. don't forget, uh, Toby, Toby fucking McGuire also. As, oh, uh, yeah. Player X himself. Player <laughs> <laughs> X. Yeah, so he wanted to be in this movie, but he couldn't. He did Spider-Man, so that he was still the producer Ooh. on this is what I I'm not seeing Tobey Maguire as which, Monty Brogan. <laughs> which has its own yeah. uh, New York, like, hey, don't fuck with New York after 9-11 moment. But uh, can you imagine him in this role? Like, what a goofy fucking movie this would be. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Tobey Maguire as Monty Brogan, yeah. I just can't. I mean, I, Tobey Maguire has had some excellent moments as an actor I but uh i don't i don't see him with the um like there's a threat that edward norton presents as monty brogan at times even though he's not the muscle there's something mysterious and somewhat unnerving about him as a person at times that i don't think toby mcguire could uh emanate <laughs> <laughs> i mean what about when he's holding the gun on Cozy, his uh, his fat fuck Ukrainian uh, Kostia? Yeah, Kostia. What about when he's holding the gun yeah. on him? Is that convincing? No, no, it actually isn't. No, it's not. not. At all. But there's still. I'm not saying the phys. And I said that it. It. I know he has his own muscle, but it's not that. It's. So, it's just something that he is able to impart to us on screen. It, it's a slight. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to oh, see no. the Tobey Maguire version. So I. I agree that, that that Edward Norton in other movies is able to project that. In other movies, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of menace to this character. I, mean, I don't think there is either. In fact, he's very no. soft and cuddly in a lot of ways. And he's like, hey, he loves dogs. He gives homeless <laughs> people uh, money while they're sleeping. You know, like Yeah, he, I think he, he was more of a prick when he was younger. Or like he was supposed to be more of a, a threatening dude when he was younger because he was just so so much more off the hook, yeah. off the chain. Picks up chicks on the playground swing set, harmless. <sighs> Oh yeah, encourages encourages his friend to date his uh, student because in a few months will be the same age that uh, Naturell was when I met her. 
Do the, the math. Over underage girls. Do the math. That is a that is a fact. I don't know if they took that from Benny Offa's book Ooh. or what, but whoever came up with that one, yeah, that's those that's two, not good. Those two little nuggets do not play well yeah, in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> No, they sure don't. Uh, what kind of advice is that anyways? I mean, just forget how uh, totally bogus and wrong that is, but it's just like, that's a shitty friend. This guy's, I thought, we could talk about the, the friends they are in a minute. Let's go through mm-hmm. uh, what yeah. Rotten Tomatoes said. Rotten Tomatoes, sure. uh, you know, followed it along. 79% from the critics. That's a solid score. And the audience loved it just a tad more at 85%. Critical review. Uh, we got people chiming in here. Remember this yes. movie came out in 2002. Uh, uh uh, I'm hoping for a Destin Thompson. That would be a real treat. That'd be a real bonus for us. It seems like that's possible. Uh, so far, I'm not seeing any of the classics. Uh, boy, no let's see. Anybody? No. Honeycut? No Goody Coons. No Honeycut no even. Yeah. Man, I'm surprised. Uh, we got Ebes? What about Ebes? I know. He's got to chime in on this. Christian he had, yeah, he definitely was. <laughs> Christian oh, yes! Destin Thompson! Yes! All right! Destin Thompson. Bring it. Hey, Destin. Bring it, Destin. Nice to have you again. Woo-hoo! So this was uh, in January of 03. So I don't know how late in the year it came out, but whatever. It was timely. Destin Thompson said, it's the usual undisciplined, overextended Spike Symphony. More fun than it is any good. I agree with him on the discipline. It's like you can t- you, you read that fucking book. There is not this fucking diatribe in the mirror. You know, Spike Lee grabbed the script and was like, Okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to add so much shit of my own flavor into this, well, <laughs> starting with this scene here. According to Wikipedia. It was in the book, though. It, it, was it? Yeah, and it was in the script. Was Acor- according was to it? Wikipedia, it was in the script. Benioff had it in the script, and it was actually the reason that Spike Lee was interested in doing the film. Oh. In fact, Benioff wanted to take it out, and Lee was t- Lee talked him into keeping it in because it was no the shit. whole reason he got hooked in. That's absolutely 100%. A uh, little addition there, too. The only addition was that it's since 9 11 just happened there was a slight adjustment with some of that stuff but that basically that premise was in there so. wow okay wow but, you can but it was not it was like yeah in the in that montage there is like this weird moment where there's some parts that feel a little disjointed and not like they're like they don't really click into the monologue as well as other parts do and like the osama bin laden bit for instance it doesn't feel like it was there originally <laughs> uh, we'll get to that yeah. that's a big part we'll talk about that in due course <sighs> in due course so thanks Destin good to hear from Destin I feel like we had had a Destin review in a minute so yeah, that was yeah, nice yeah a minute missed him <sighs> and Hornaday's yeah. right below him so it's just hey. too easy uh, Lee hey Aunt Lee has created that rarity in filmmaking a movie we need right now that's from back in 02 so uh, <sighs> take that hindsight for but you will. I don't know. Oh, right. I didn't know Anne was such a sentimental uh, patriot. <laughs> well, um, it was, was 9-11, uh, man. It, it was a, yeah, it was a big deal. I'm not minimizing that at all. Uh, Wesley Morris said yeah. of the Boston Globe, the film doesn't reach a climax per se, but it's not conventionally inert either. Yeah, Guys, tell me about conventional inertia. <laughs> <laughs> are, are most films inert I, I don't know okay there's a there's a liveliness to it i will not disagree with that <laughs> ebes roger ebert ebes the, f- the film is unusual for not having a plot or a payoff <laughs> <laughs> oh man come on now that's a that's a red tomato that he gave it three and a half out of four stars that's, so he loved it 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's kind of, it's kind of a hangout film in a way. I, um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. What comes to mind hearing that is the only real plot we have is like the did she or didn't she yeah. business in terms of the ratting out, which you could throw out and I'd be totally fine with. It kind of seems put in there just to like have some kind of something going on and story wise it also makes <laughs> something it so that, going on well also <laughs> yeah. it makes it so that he's he's keeping distance between himself and her because if there is no animosity or distrust between him and her then he's spending all of his time with her in the, in the last night mm. and I, that's, I guess that's just not as uh entertaining of a movie if, without that because you know as it is it's like he's bouncing from place to place doing mm. thing after thing <laughs> By the way, uh, mystery 3K nut. Season 8 apologist. All right, there All you right. go. You're on the record. Everyone's no on the shame. record now. All right. uh, I wanted to read uh, one splat review because all the reviews technically I read were Red Tomatoes, so take that for what you will. Yeah. Uh, good old Terry Lawson from the Detroit Free Press, our, our oh, local hey, Terry tear. Lawson. Old Terror. <laughs> old Terror. Uh, Voltaire? Hang on, Voltaire. Pancakes in the Age of Enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a filmmaker in need of someone who could tell him where and when to stop, what to leave in and what to take out, it would be Spike Lee. Wow. wow. Someone thinks he knows That's better harsh. than Spike. Yep. Uh, well, he is a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes. He's got a star. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I've, I've, he's not a slouch ordinarily. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> he's, no, he's been around. We could say that. All right. So. Well, why don't we go back to the, the, the monologue diatribe where Monty goes off on all New Yorkers, which is also mixed in with a lot of 9-11 rhetoric, but also like a supposed love letter because he tries to rip on every single cultural area and uh, group of New York City, right? Well, it doesn't make so any supposed fucking, to be like It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense because he's if the fuck you is a love letter, then he really then he's and he's then either he's really saying, hey, I love you, uh, gay guys of New York, Pakistani cab drivers of New York and Osama bin Laden and these cops that shot, you know, that shot Amadou Diallo 41 times or it's fuck you cops that shot Amadou Diallo 41 times. Fuck you, Osama bin Laden. Fuck you, gay guys. And fuck you, Pakistani drivers. It's one or the other. It's, it's like this weird hodgepodge. I don't get it. But that, okay, so then it's also just a venting by a character who's pissed off. And then, because it does wrap up with no fuck you, yeah. Monty. You had it all. You fucked it up. So you're right. So in the end, it, it could be seen that way, but you're right. You can't go the other way. But in the end, I do see it as someone who's just bitching about Everything else around him, which is what a lot of Americans love to do. I also see I see Spike Lee working on a tons of levels in this movie. Maybe it's too many levels that you just can't keep track. <sighs> well, the <laughs> scene's very the scene's very entertaining. Uh it's very like Spike Lee Nike commercial, yeah. like yeah. Super Bowl commercial for me. Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst was in yeah. Jungle Fever. He's always got to mention Bensonhurst Italians. Benson he just loves Hurst. talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> it always I'm sorry, it always pulls me out. Uh when I look at this story as a whole, which is about a drug dealer about to go to prison, uh, through all fault of his own, I just I, I'm having a hard time seeing what this is supposed to mean in general. I, I'm sorry. It might just be me, but I'm like, why, why, why is this a scene? I found it inconsistent and confusing, but let me pitch something to you. Here's another take away 
that whole scene, take a hold that way, that whole sequence also including right. like the, the faces at the end of the really awkward smiling people, like this, like fake as yes. fuck smiles. You, that way you can get that shit out of there too. But you take that scene <laughs> out of the movie and instead he just walks into the bathroom and looks at himself in the mirror and then tries to wipe that fuck you off the mirror and it won't go. And then he just leaves. What, mm. Isn't that a more powerful scene? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Michael, maybe, maybe. I don't know. That, what about the, I get, we can still have the Blanchard score. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I didn't mention. Yeah, Brian Cox plays his father in this movie, and the uh, also You're a New Yorker. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I thought of actually when you bring that up. To me, the two segments of the film that are just that just take off from the, the supposed plot and like the reality of the movie are. <laughs> The diatribe, and then this long, winding, twenty-minute possible scenario of the life he might have lived. Is he actually going down that way? Are they going to the prison as they close out on the freeway? I don't know. Does it matter? You're gonna drive west. You're gonna go, and you're gonna keep going. And then maybe you see a Twinkie on the side of the road, and maybe you pick up the Twinkie, then you eat the Twinkie, (laughs) then you drive a little further. You're going to have a son who's clearly 100% pure Puerto Rican and not American at all. You're going to son, I'll be rich when you get paid under the table making uh, selling beer. <laughs> You're going to be a, a poorly made under the table bartender who works his whole life to make a whole family rich. Right. You're gonna... Also, forget what I just said. Contact Naturel a couple years later. Come back. Yeah, you know, you you know don't what? fucking contact me. I'm done with you. <laughs> They didn't really give me a script anyways. They just said to meander for a while, so I'll say whatever I want. It's That's what it a, is. Ooh. Honestly, like, I'm watching the movie, and I'm watching it on fucking Tubi, which is, you know, thank you, Tubi, for being free. Fuck you for Fuck. having commercials. And, you know, when he gets in the car, it cuts to mer- commercial. I'm like, oh, I think it's going to come back, and there's going to be, you know, the credits. And it cuts back, <laughs> and then there's this 20-minute diatribe of just, he's like, why is he wandered around the, the, the desert? Why do I need to know that the, uh, the Mondo fucking bar or whatever? Like, why do you got to, like, what is all of this? What is this whole, <laughs> like, why is this here? And how does it help the movie? Because I don't think it does at all. It's I think it derails things and makes, and it's, again, confusing and weird. <laughs> wow yeah okay you know so but do we care how it ends up do do we know or do we care because it sounds like you guys don't even give a shit because it's just so long and drawn out and you know he gets fucked up by his friends to look ugly to go to prison but then his dad had another plan why didn't him and his dad just communicate better he wouldn't have to take that beating if he was just going to take him out to fucking arizona <laughs> well apparently I mean, but, he's, but he doesn't right like he, he goes no. to he goes to prison yeah oh he does yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. We know that. Yeah, I don't know that we know that. So I guess okay. we don't. I, guess, I mean, we see that he's driving. Not yeah. Look like they're driving towards the desert necessarily, but well, it just looks like they're driving out of the city. So I, I think it left. It's really left up to interpretation. Which who gives a fuck? That's who cares. It doesn't matter. Um, no, but okay. I wanted to mention the the all those <laughs> firefighters went again. Whenever someone's talking, there's like the Spike Lee cuts that are yeah. like over the narration or someone's talking to another person on screen. Spike, Spike's B-roll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Spike's B-roll. B-roll, man. That's yeah, what he does. B-roll. You know, I like that about Spike Lee movies. I've never really I bothered do. me, but yeah, it's uh, it's a little more entertaining. But all, apparently all those guys in that scene at the bar, they were all real firefighters who did die in 9-11, which is fucked up. All those guys at oh, the bar. Like when they're I saying, let's go Yankees. So, uh, yeah, it's a true story. Wait, the guys in the bar in that scene, they actually died in 
Yes, because it was filmed before it actually happened, and oh they ended God. up. They worked for the ladder or the engine. I don't know how that shit works. So, yeah, they wow. all died. It's pretty wild. It's horrible. <sighs> that um, is horrible. Jesus. Yeah, it is. Well, but it's, it brings a sense of realism too. When I think about that, it's like, oh, oh shit. Well, that's crazy. But um, there's so many things in the movie that don't bring a sense of realism. But I fair, mean. very fair, very very fair. That see. When you watch this movie, yeah, it, we're hardly even like talking about the fact that it's about a guy wrestling with the fact that he's got to go to jail for seven years and the mistakes that he feels he made to get there. We've, we haven't even really talked about that. <laughs> uh, okay. How interesting is this character? Like, what is this character? He's just like, like, is there enough here? Or is it just like his, like his only problem is he about to go to prison? Like, is he endearing? Is he that complicated enough of a character to take us through? Or is it just this one circumstance? This is this is the movie. He's getting to be going to jail. That's it. <laughs> I, I've got another question. And I say mm. this as an extremely privileged, soft person who I hope never goes to prison. I have not spent <laughs> time in prison. I don't know what that world is. I know a few people who have gone and they came out changed but and, and i know that I've, you know i've read the literature i know that there are terrible things that happen <laughs> that said if if i was going to go to prison even with if i was terrified of the sexual assault that could easily come i would i wouldn't be talking about fucking putting a bullet in my head i wouldn't i if my son was going to prison for seven years um i wouldn't tell them to give up their entire life and i'll never see them again and that's fine um, it's the, the whole, like the, the, they act like it's a death sentence and I'm like, it's yeah. bad. It's really bad. But seven years, that's probably six with good behavior. And yes, terror. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it wouldn't be awful. Like, again, like I'm not saying yep. prison's easy, but like, dude, that, that's, I mean, the way I see it, seven years is about how long a phase of your life is, right? You, you every seven years or so you go through a big fucking change anyway. That seems to be the cyclical nature of life. So like, and there's a lot of those in a block of 81 years or whatever. So uh, I'm feeling I you. I don't get this it. Is one of the, get yeah, it. this is this is probably the first time I've really stewed on that since the last time I watched it. Frank says, like, you, you'd be 38 when you get out. You've got a long life ahead of you. Um, it, it's not a long enough stretch. Uh, they, they maybe should have pinched him for that second time and that he would have been up against his whole, his whole life. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, I mean, get do the do the time and get out of there and get your life started. And they even set it up where he didn't rat on Nikolai, so he could have been facing like twenty years. So if he have, if he was facing twenty years, then then I get it a little more. But seven, I'm not, you know, again, like I say, this is someone who's never gone to prison, hopefully never goes. So what the fuck do I know? But I don't <laughs> know where I'm coming from, I'm not going to give up my actual life for that. Yeah, Aww. I mean, they stay. To play devil's advocate, uh, watch our previous episode. They, uh, you know, they do mention the fact that once he gets out, he's fucked. He's got no skills. He's a convicted felon, and it's going to be very, very hard to climb your way out. It's yeah, not like so. He's very, so, very true. So you get a job at your father's bar. You inherit the bar. You drive. You drive. <laughs> well, you never leave America because uh, you're never going to get pulled over ever. Um, you know, <laughs> and we'll sing an Irish uh, sea shanty too for some reason, or a Scottish one. So yeah, he's right. from Scotland. I'm like, what? You just mix that in there for the fuck of it? Well, and also he's got friends. I mean, like this, his buddy, his best friend Frank, is is all kinds of plugged into stuff and is telling him he's going to help him out. So yeah, you don't have any skills, but you actually have friends and family that that care about you. Where you're going to be, 
you know, taken care of at least to some degree. So it's like all the things that he's worried about seem to me. I'm like, dude, like I'd be worried about my dog dying while I'm in prison. That's all I'm really worried he about. He is. He's really worried about Doyle. He wants no, to make sure no, that he doesn't even see it. He's not fucking worried about Doyle at all, or else he wouldn't I have think found he someone. He wouldn't have found someone the night he's going away. He waits until but the night before he's leaving it's to not, find he a home for his dog. Him. He didn't well, he find him. It's his oldest act, friend. Yeah, he guilts him into it because he has no fucking choice. But I mean, like that, he waits until the night before he's leaving before arranging for his dog. That's not taking care of your dog. Well, because he always knew that it would be. He already had it planned out. I thought it was fine because he knew this guy is such a pushover and that he's not even willing. <laughs> Jacob, it's Jacob is such a uh, you know guilt ridden oh, as, as Frank oh, as Barry boy. Pepper's character Frank says so well that Jacob is such a guilt ridden upper class Jew who grew up with money and yeah. uh, I say that as a Jewish human being just in case that's not cool. Uh, he I'm really lays that out there with clarity for me and I'm like oh that makes a lot of sense that Monty would okay maybe Monty uh, is forcing it upon him but Jacob's not gonna let that dog go hungry Jacob's not gonna let that dog die he's not gonna let anything bad happen to that dog because that's the kind of guy he is that's how I saw it but Let's talk about some of those other characters we haven't. Frank is a slick-ass motherfucker on Wall Street. He's a classic asshole. And this is pre-2008, too. So now we get to see it through that lens. And it's just, I don't know. They're actually giving him some void in his character. Like, you know, he's got this fucking rating scale that is based on all this fucking materialist bullshit. And he eats with his fucking hands at a Chinese place, which you would, yeah, no, it's stupid. It's all ridiculous. Jacob's right about that. But no, he's not. Millions of Southeast Asians eat with their hands, eat rice with their hands. Millions of people in the they world. They do? Eat. Yes, millions upon but millions of people. But Frank people. doesn't do it because they do it that way. Though. Well, that's, that's true. Okay, that's true. cool. Okay, then I agree with all that. So, I didn't know that. That's actually something I learned. But Frank doesn't do it that way. Frank's just a fucking... <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking man. He's a classic fucking alpha bull scum male. He drinks so, Red Bull because it's too classic. I'm sorry, classic or cliche? Tired cliche oh, friend cliche. number one? Yeah. Oh, or yeah. tired, tired cliche friend number two who's a teacher who wants to fuck a student? Oh, boy. I actually like when uh, Frank gets... Totally fucking reamed out by his boss. I love that boss guy. That guy killed it in that one scene there where he's like, you're not going to, first, you're not going to raise your voice to me. That you're not going to do. And then what? afterwards, after he reams him out, he's like, all right, we're still going to fucking the game on Friday. Yeah. We got floor seats. I'll see you there. Don't be late. I'm that's sure they're the going to fuck part. some strippers or something. That's the best part. It's like, we're still fucking doing the, doing the game. Like, that's believable. Yep. Yeah, that's that. the lifestyle there. We hate each other, but we're still going to have fun together. Even though it's not real fun, it's all empty fun. So <laughs> the point being is that it's with the pre-2008 lens then, but now we're post-2008. And they actually make Frank into a character, in my opinion, who's someone to be like, oh, I wish I was that. I wish I was that. And I don't think that is how it's seen today at all now. Oh, man. Um, I got a lot to say about these characters. First and foremost, they they do some interesting things. Frank is they parallel Monty in interesting ways. Frank is at the height of his success, very much so uh, like Monty before his bust. So he's he's living the life successfully. He's doing well, regardless of whether or not he's hurting people uh, with his, his financial prowess. And Barry Jay, Pepper's uh, fucking great, man. Barry Pepper's incredible. so good in this role. Philip Seymour Hoffman, he, 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 He's on the cusp of making a very, very big mistake that could fuck up his entire life, yes. just like Monty before he uh, did what he had to do. So there's interesting parallels, but cool. I don't think Frank has 
a big enough problem in the story? Like, what is his issue? What is his conflict? It doesn't have one. It's yeah, the guilt. Yeah, he should. Yeah, the guilt. Like, I like the whole Gordon Gecko scene, but like, unless like he he's in danger like just his boss being pissed is not no. enough for me he needs some sort of conflict that's eating at him for the he night does. like the other two guys he does mike's right it's it's the fact when the the scene we already addressed the 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 911 uh you know the two tower scene he says he's never going to see him again and then the the conflict is that he feels terrible about it and he's he's actually he's pretending like he's okay with it but he's actually really upset with his best friend for doing it to the point that he beats the ever-living fuck out of him when he finally gets a chance to and almost kills him which again beating him in front of doyle i'm not crazy about that either but whatever um but, <laughs> so i think that is his conflict yeah I mean, it's like come on man doyle's, doyle's had a traumatized enough life he doesn't need a, the last thing he sees of his new owner that saved his life is him getting the shit beat out of him by somebody but anyways um um, but yeah, I, I think that that is the conflict is, is his relationship and his guilt, uh, uh and his anger with his best friend, but you're right. He, he doesn't have as nearly as much going on as Philip Seymour Hoffman, who could have done this role in his fucking sleep. Pretty much does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he, there was one scene where he pushes back a bit, I think on Frank, uh, a few times he challenges him maybe at the bar and then earlier at the when they're at dinner but you're right otherwise he's just he's like complaining and whining and uh he's jake. being encouraged yeah jake's being encouraged to connect with anna paquin the students uh by the way uh anna paquin who plays the student in 2005's the squid and the whale as well in fucks around with jeff daniels i don't know how she got caught up in those roles for a few years and yeah. whatever it's a side Honestly, note little, got a little typecast and she was like in her already her early 20s by this point anyways playing a yeah. 17 year old she already done the X-Men movie in 2000. So and Hurley Burley. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah. Christ, Real that's 98. Queen. So 98 to 05, yeah. she got caught up. But uh, kudos to her for, you know, taking risks in her career. I'm all for that. It but, sure. uh, you know, I don't even know why this is part of the movie, I guess. Yeah, like, I know. Uh, like, Why? Why? I do. There's All right. There's two things I actually really like about this whole situation between psh and anna paquin's characters one i i really like um the whole way that the it's shot when she's walking up the stairs and we follow the waitress down and then we follow uh jake the character jake back up the stairs to the bathroom i think that's good direction and the class you know to see philip seymour hoffman in the classic fucking uh spike lee on a dolly <laughs> pretending yes, that you're walking there thing. it is and it's done really it. really well that look on his face i think that looks great oh after he kisses her after he kisses her but oh, it's I really, the best. that's where yeah. he acted the best of the whole movie oh, it's so good out. absolutely absolutely so i really <laughs> love that and i also really love that she doesn't kiss him back that she's shocked um, you know, I hate that he kisses her. I hate that he let the, he brings her in the club. He says that fucking Monty brings her in the club. He brings her in the club. Uh, he basically gives her alcohol. He follows her into the bathroom to kiss her. Yes. And I'm really glad that she is not into it, that she instead is like shocked and repulsed and scared a little yeah. bit and that and that he recognizes like oh fuck i've transgressed this was a horrible mistake. I gotta go. So I I, I do like that they didn't like have that payoff for him. Why did he do it though? Like that's a wonderful it, question. Temptation. It's not really even, uh, that's well, it. He admires he admires Monte and like Monte and that that's the the the, the conversation that he has with Monte uh, about her age and Monte's like, well, look at it this way. The, he the, does the, say that closet yeah. prick that Monte is, and he's he's 
emulating him. He doesn't see anything wrong with it. He's looking at natural. But yeah, meme face. I was just waiting for like me like text appear on the screen like when you kiss your student. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great fucking face. It can be used for anything. Like the I just made a huge mistake. Uh, Will Nardos, R net style. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about natural. We haven't really discussed her. Rosario yeah. Dawson. Rel. What is she doing this movie except like be put on edge by her boyfriend who she did not. So the Spike Lee throws this in there. When Monty comes in after he finds out that Costi admitted that he lied. By the way, that's Teddy Saragusa, who was a former NFL player who died recently. He died uh, oh. recently, so he passed away at a younger sure. age. Sure. Uh, yeah, right. farewell, Teddy. Rest in power. Pretty good for an NFL player. Yeah, I mean, I know he's... In. Yeah. Uh, but uh, after he finds that out, he comes home and he tells Natural, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry the way I've been acting in bed <laughs> Then there, he goes back you know? out. <laughs> Yeah, I got to do one more thing. I get totally I, fucked up on my we, boys. We can fuck after my face is beat to a pulp. <laughs> or not at yeah. all, actually. They never do. Yeah, or maybe I'll make the Phil, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman face instead. Either way, they're both going to be awful faces when I fuck you. But uh, Spike Lee does this to us because he's a dick in this one where he leaves the room. He leaves the camera on her to like turn back to us to stare out into oblivion for a moment with a look that doesn't look like somebody who's innocent. It does look like someone who's like, oh, my God, I did rat him out, but thank God Costia did too. I think that, uh, yeah, the character is very put upon. It's, it's, it makes, I guess it makes the whole thing more tragic because you're seeing, you're, you know, as a viewer, that this is the end of the relationship. They're not recovering from this, and I and I like that he tells her at the very end, yeah, the yeah. last possible moment. I do like that he tells her to mm-hmm. live your life. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Frank's right it. then. When Frank kind of like gets in shit with her at the bar, he's not wrong necessarily that she's not going to be there. Uh, he says she, it cruelly. She, she thinks that she's going to be there still at that point, yeah. but the reality is that, like, even if she intended to, she probably wouldn't because she's very young and very beautiful, and it's going to be hard for anyone to wait that long, especially if people are banging down your door to be with you. But which... Frank lies too, because Frank tells Jacob at that your nine eleven scene you've talked about uh, yeah. that he it's not yours; it's the, the scene <laughs> in the you. apartment. Yeah, I'm not the apartment with. The remnants of 9-11 down below. Uh, he says they'll never see him again. And then as soon as Monty has that little talk with him and that like somehow there's a super silent hallway in a dance. <laughs> By the way, a, a giant club that is just filled with a live DJ that people are dying to get in to see. Bumping, bumping, bumping. Gosh. But there's a silent hallway that it's is the, noise proof. Uh, it's like it's like uh, it's like Cosmos uh, in, in sneakers. The whole um, <laughs> the soundproof little room. He's got that in your club. Just one of those <laughs> that's good i like that okay i can buy that then sure that'll work for me but in that moment as soon as monty confronts him frank's like i'm gonna be there every i'll be there to get you, you know, ever so totally yeah 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 so yeah is he full of shit then do you think or, or does he or is he come around and, and he really is planning on being there for him i think it's a momentary thing or maybe He's he will drunk. change his tune i don't he is drunk, drunk too it's drunk, late. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, at this point, like they get the they meet at midnight, so the whole thing is like <laughs> they're fucking. I got a big note there. Can, I got. Can we? I knew you would. Please? I knew you would. Yeah, you're a teacher. He's telling a teacher at his school. Midnight. We'll meet up at midnight, right? It has yeah. to be a Friday night. It has to be a Friday Fuck night. That. I'm sorry, I'm bringing my dog in to your place of work while you're teaching. I'm gonna mm-hmm. point out some of your students you should fuck, and then have you meet me at midnight. <laughs> 
You guys, you guys don't get cool, that very though. often. I, I've never popped in like that. Rare, no, I, it's rare. Not be friends if you if you popped in like that. <laughs> but he did go to school there. If you want to, hey, hey, he went to school there once, and he his assist record was broken last year. It was very sad for him. So. Yeah, it was okay. a difficult day for him. You got to let it. You know, he got triggered. That's what it was. So you got to excuse the behavior. They got to treat, keep trying to find ways to make this character sympathetic. And when I stand back, well, <laughs> it's tricky. You keep saying this, Eric. I, I wanted yeah, to bring I this do. up earlier. I've, so, you know, his father, you get in a car. Uh, he, You're a New Yorker. <laughs> you stop at the gas station. 87, not 89. Stay away from diesel. <laughs> Shit, that's so oh man, I could do that Peaches for hours. Herb, come on the radio. You get a fountain drink. Taco Bell is closed, so you go to Wendy's. You're gonna get a buccaneer. You got bunions. They're out of Baja Blast, so you order regular Mountain Dew. Uh, look, so <laughs> I gotta Walk get serious. Down. <laughs> <laughs> he does. His father alludes to this awful childhood. And he talks about, we haven't mentioned this. He's an alcoholic and they mm -hmm. really harp on that. And then he, he sneaks that sippy drink when Monty leaves early, if he leaves yep. the remnants of his beer and this mother who he drove away or yeah. Like, cause he was an alcoholic, I believe. Died, right. right? She, she, died. <laughs> she died. She died flat out. Um, yeah. She died. I think that is what makes him an alcoholic or something. That's the back. That, I'm just saying I, it might not be much, Eric, but it is background to Monty's character of why things could go south. But I admit it's really, really weak because we're just like you could just like fill in words. And we're if that's how it always worked in movies where a character's background and their actions and the intent for their actions was just because of some background we got from a secondhand character, then mm -hmm. that would never that never is a a solid foundation for uh, a character's motivations and everything you're discussing, Eric. I'm not saying it doesn't. It, for me, the character works, and I like Monty because I understand his predicament. I like One of my greatest fears, I think we talked about this on a previous 10-minute topic, is being framed and having to go to prison. That, I would definitely take the bullet train. I am terrified of having to go to prison. So while yeah, I, so am I, I think dude. I hear you. a weak character, I definitely... It, enjoy his journey because i can sympathize the, the fear and dread is palpable throughout the entire movie I, I i'm scared for him yeah i'm with eric too i know travis made really good points but i i do agree it does it terrifies it's one of my greatest fears is like somehow i just did something that i i, I don't even or i get like accused of a crime i never committed mm -hmm. and i had to go to jail mm -hmm. i've always had oh that nightmare God. it's sucking so unnervingly awful God. i do i mean i'm i'm a little claustrophobic and like when if i'm stuck somewhere when i can't get out i want to like lose my fucking mind so i if i was in prison i would have a really really hard time with that alone let alone all the other stuff don't get me wrong i don't think that it wouldn't be i'm not saying that I, I, remotely that i think prison would be easy i have a lot of respect for people eh, that are able yeah I've, i mean people <laughs> that can endure that i think it's an inhuman process pretty much anyways the way it's you'll endure <laughs> but i'm also like a you know i'm a i'm a i'm a survivor man i'm I, it's like this is i'm a believer that this is all we got i'm not gonna be you're a survivor uh you head west <laughs> But I mean, just the like, I don't know, your life isn't over if seven years of it are done. I mean, you might be totally different, but work uh, out, right. write a couple of books, have fun with it. Hey, I do. Yeah, I would do a lot of drugs. I admit that I, I'm a recovering opioid addict, but I'd probably do a ton of drugs in jail. I admit that freely. I have no idea what I would do in jail. I hope to never find out. And again, I'm not trying to minimize it at all. I'm just saying 38 is a young man. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be 30 when he's out. When he's right? out. So, right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, we're all past that. Yeah, we're, it's okay. You'd be all right. I agree with you. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, what else are we going to cover in this film, folks? We're, time's flying by here. 
Uh, oh, uh, the cop. Yeah, oh, dude. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. says shit. He twice. does. He says it twice. twice. Oh man, he's got a catchphrase. Oh, oh, real quick note here. So we watched the movie together, me and Leanne, and then we had just watched Cedar Rapids, which Isaiah Whitlock is in Cedar Rapids, that movie I mentioned yeah, last week. Yeah. And, but he's not the shit guy at all. He's a very like conservative, chill guy. And it was just, it was so funny because in Cedar Rapids, he makes two references to The Wire, which he's on the show, but he doesn't reference himself. It's like super meta. I goofy hate that shit. shit when actors do, like all the walking dead actors for like 10 years with like the, the secondary and tertiary actors would show up in some movie and like make some random zombie joke that you have to know that they're in the walking yeah. dead i fucking hate i hate <laughs> that shit takes us takes Ooh. me right out of it so it really took me out of it um in that scene i do really think that he does a great job other than saying shit and i yes. do, i think the other guy the other cop does a really good oh, job oh the well. booyah booyah that's yeah. the most intense booyah i love yeah. that booyah for yeah, some reason that. whoever that guy is that guy's awesome also we should probably call out the super subtle uh cool hand luke poster that's hanging like the sword Very of damocles subtle. over <laughs> uh-huh. over monty through much of the film <laughs> 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 You get a new cool hand Luke poster. <laughs> You're gonna eat fifty you... eggs. <laughs> oh shit! It's so funny, cool man. <laughs> uh, only we're laughing uh, at this. Our, our viewer count drops every time we get start doing Brian Cox and person. I know there's gotta be one person out there. I know someone's laughing. One person's laughing. One feaster's laughing at the very least. You're gonna laugh at our Brian Cox impersonation. They're <laughs> not very good either. So. No, no, they're not. They, they all sound, <laughs> all my sound like the same person. Uh, yeah. So uh, I gotta say, by the way, too, Monty. We, we made fun of him for the way he held the gun to Kostya's head, but uh, <laughs> the fact that he tells these Russian mobsters, people that would terrify me, uh, you know, clean up your own fucking mess, that's pretty ballsy. So that was actually, I wanted to mention that when you said earlier, he's not very menacing or any type of fear. I was yeah, like, oh, well, that's pretty ballsy. I said, I said convincing. I do like that as well, that he takes uh, the fact that, you know, you told me to trust this man, I trusted this man. Yes. Uh, now, so this is on you. So he's able to... He pushes it as Nikolai tells him, but like he he he's able to twist that so he's able to get out completely and make sure his father is out too, pretty much. And I do like that as well. What I'm saying is unconvincing is Norton's performance in that moment I, when he is holding the gun against the kid, the guy's head. There is nothing about that that makes me think, oh, Monty's going to kill this man. Nothing whatsoever. Uh, it part of me thinks it might be purposeful because he is really close friends with the guy. He's played yeah. this whole yeah. who read me out thing over and over in his head probably even once or twice i'm sure and he's not a killer the deal's responsible he's not a killer yeah and you're right up against these other fucking guys that at any moment could just take him out in fear of him uh turning them in right. uh and his whole persona is a front he, he says it himself that without these fucking uh, henchmen behind me i'm just the basketball playing kid that you guys grew up with uh, everything about yeah. him is just right. a, a front You've convinced me. And in that case, actually looking at it from that direction, it's actually really good acting mm-hmm. um, and, and a choice on his part. So, yeah, that makes sense. I can buy that. Yes. Okay. All right. I can dig on that. And also the premise of using the flashbacks to take us back in time. We uh, 
We talked about the booyah must be the padding. Booyah. We talked, you know, when he gets that, busted. Can you? T- I, I did not know what the fuck was going on for a minute there. I thought that they really were taking a bath together, and then he was getting busted again. I'm like, what is happening? I did not oh, realize I was yeah. watching oh, a, a flashback okay. for a minute. Yeah. And then I'm like, why did she go change robes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've seen the movie enough. Yes, I mean that's fair. Uh, and then the only. There's only two, right? And then they do the flashback to where he meets Naturel, which yep. we have. Oof. We could uh, maybe we could spend more time on how oof e that is in 2022 if you want. They try to they re, they say it at least twice in the scene or at least once. So you're 18, right? Like they really harp on it too to like yeah. let you know it's okay because she's 18, but she's wearing a fucking schoolgirl's outfit on a goddamn oh, kids Boom. swing set. Ooh. And we also I learned this in this viewing. I always miss this. <laughs> The guy in the beginning who gives Monty shit, who's all strung out, he's the guy in that flashback in a suit, and he looks really professional. He's oh, just starting oh, his habit. Really? I, I, I didn't. Oh, and Leanne okay. pointed it out to me. A co- total that's kudos really to Leanne. Cool. I was like, oh, my God, that's you're cool. right. It is that fucking guy. So That's cool. Yeah, that's consistency, I, at least. I like continuity like that. Little, but it's fun. Yeah, that is. We talk yeah. about uh, we didn't really uh, give Blanchard too much shit as we got into the Oh, yeah, let's film. do that. Travis, come on, Travis. Dude, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that, you know, you know that we say the word society a lot. You know that we're big fans of, of Paul Schrader. You leave society. And, and you know that I do not or really none of us like the work of composer Terrence Howard or Terrence Howard. Sorry, Terrence Howard. Love Terrence, like Terrence okay. Blanchard. Okay. Oh, I love Terrence Howard. Come on. Uh, I don't know what kind of compositions he does, but Terrence Blanchard, who does all of Spike Lee's stuff, his easily my least favorite composer working i i i just don't i mean and he's actually kind of reserved in this to a degree but still he just steps all over every scene that he's in as if as if he's completely unsure what emotion he's trying to like transmit into his audience to make them feel he he has Mm. no sense of reading the room reading the scene uh, the, the, at least he can have light stuff and heavier stuff sometimes, but very often, like there's like just dialogue, and then all of a sudden, just like this crescendo of of intense, like it sounds like it's a fucking murder scene, but it's two people sitting at a table and they haven't even moved. It's just, and then to throw in all of these like Middle Eastern uh, vocal things going on throughout too, like a really loud, really distracting. I hate his work so much yeah again just i think i think i think he dramatically decreases the the artistic value of every fucking uh (laughs) spike lee movie that he's been a part of wow now you're really getting down i like it that's how i feel man i feel like every time i mean every time i watch a spike lee movie i'm like man this looks great and sounds like shit Hey, you know, you guys said it better than I ever could. There's a lot of truth to some of that. It doesn't, I don't feel as strong as Travis does, but Terrence Blanchard is, uh, it's so he's obvious that it's Terrence Blanchard. Well, first yeah. off, because he's synonymous with Spike Lee now, but even still, if it was a not a Spike Lee movie and somehow Terrence Blanchard, maybe we should look it up. Did Has he done scores outside of Spike Lee? I would yeah, know it was um, him pretty quickly because of the, the way he just, <laughs> Yeah, so much brass. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's like that Family Guy clip where they talk about uh the trumpeting guy in the mob scene that's playing way too loud over them. It's like that. It really is like so distracting and disturbing. It's like, good that's God, a, man. That's fucking it exactly. Oh, I'm looking him up right now, and under his name, it says American trumpeter. So he's first and foremost a trumpet. Well, that explains a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, well, even Winston Marcellus yeah. can put a sc- great score together without having to do his thing constantly and drowning everything out. Yeah, I um, mean, uh, Johnny Greenwood doesn't have sure. to have a guitar in every solo and every uh, score that he does. <laughs> I mean, it's just I don't know. It's it's it's. I'm fine with the brass. It's just the excessive nature of it and the inappropriate nature of it. It's just it's yes. disruptive. It's distracting, and it doesn't fit the scene. It rarely fits the fucking scene. So, yep. all right, I'm done. No, you're right. That's well said. That was. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Everyone, remain calm. Uh, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, okay. Uh, last call on this. Any final note? Last note we didn't get to. Dude, um... I was watching. I. I was so busy this week, I had to watch the tail end of this. And I don't condone this for anybody. It's very dangerous. I had to watch the last 20 minutes in my car on the way home. Yeah. Um, Ooh, cool. Stop yeah. doing that. If you don't condone but, it, don't do it. Well, I had it on like that thing, and I glanced over at uh, appropriate times. I still don't recommend it. Don't do it. You could wind up in jail with like money, which would be awful. Quit telling um, me. But <laughs> even in the car on this tiny little iPhone, I was crying at that scene when uh, Ronsko has to beat up Mani. Like it's it's so well shot. It's so powerful to see. Wow. Our listeners don't know who Ronsko is. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's Barry yeah. Pepper. Frank. It's it's Eric's pet name for Barry. <laughs> My pet name for Barry Pepper. It's an, it's it old I had no idea who you were talking about. I mean, like he called him Ronsko. But... No, yeah, for, for a very long time, maybe 25 yeah. years, uh, he and Chad, have, our friend Chad, has, has referred <laughs> to Barry Pepper as Barry Pepperonsko. I That's don't true. know why. But that is a beautiful, powerful <laughs> scene with so much going on. And I miss Pepper, man. I miss the shit out of him. I liked him as RFK, but where the fuck has he been? He's a tremendous Yeah, where did he go? Actor. I don't know. Where did he go? Made his money and went home? I don't know. <laughs> he, had a good, oh no. he drove. Okay, well. he dro- <laughs> okay. There's going right, to be well, many episodes right, in the future. Right. I feel like that's going to come. Like back. they're ragging on Terry yeah. Blanchard's trumpet and they're going to say the same he drove joke over and over again. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> trumpet like that or narrate like Brian Cox for that matter. Well, we tried. We definitely yeah. tried on this. Quick episode. fun fact remember my orange cat Brody? Yeah, of course. Sure. He's named after Montgomery Brogan because my wife wow. loved loves uh, Edward Norton. She wanted to name him after Monty, and she thought that uh, his name was Broden, not <laughs> Brogan, and it stuck. <laughs> that is circuitous. That's hilarious. yeah, very circuitous. That's, I'd call him wonderful. Brogan. Great cat. Rest in peace. That's nice. Rest oh, in peace, hey, Godspeed. Godspeed, good man. Good cat. All right. Uh, well, who wants to lead it off here? Uh, I chose the movie. As I go first, is that how it works? That's how we've been doing it. Sure. Really. Oh yeah, great. Okay. Uh, you know, we pointed out some holes in this movie, and I think Travis yeah. might not go the way that we think he'll go. We'll see how it plays out, and that's fine. But I, I like Spike Lee's direction, and I like how he makes movies. I love his Dolly stuff. That's his trademark. That's what he does. Yeah. He does it yeah. every fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, shit, yeah. did he do it in the Five Bloods? I'll have to double check. Sure, that, but... Always, man. Always. Awesome. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Uh, I just I like his, his movies are entertaining. Even like that review said, you know they're they're uh, they're fun, uh, but they weren't good or something like that, or they're not full of substance, or they are too long, or maybe they don't make sense. That's fine. In the end, I like watching Spike Lee movies because they entertain me. He always gets excellent performances. He gets quality actors. The story here, you know, you guys point out some new holes that have made me reconsider some things, but 
And, you know, I do get kind of bored with, the, like, the natural made of ratted me out storyline. It does, it just kind of like, ah, it's like, all right. I, maybe it's because I've seen it enough now, and I know it's not true, or it might be true, and who cares? Because Costia ratted him out. That's what happens in the end. So maybe it changes it once you've seen the movie a few too many times. In the end, I think it's entertaining. It's certainly not. Uh, <laughs> and just for the fact alone that it brought me all these laughs for Brian Cox's meandering <laughs> Epic monologue at the end of the film. That's enough to make it hold up. I don't even care if anything else ever happens again with this film. That that alone, I'll just hang my head on that. It holds up. Well, shit. Uh, I have not gone on enough, and I'm glad that you brought us back to the expertise of the great Spike Lee. This is incredibly well shot and a bit of a departure from some of the stuff that he's done. Still very much on like the street level of things, which is kind of what he does or much for much of his career but still a, a little different a bit of a, a bit of a change for him and and he does it well um i do think that those two really spike lee cutaway fantasy montage things are i think that they kind of derail the movie uh i, I don't think that they work in either sequence I think that uh, if, if anything, he's, he's learning during this movie how to subdue himself a bit more. So I think this was a necessary work in his filmography because I think he's actually, unlike a lot of directors, I think he's actually improved as a director as he's gone along. I love The Five Bloods. I thought the Black, uh, duh. I thought that Black Klansman is one of the best movies of his entire career. I think oh. that he's. I think that he's. I think he's really on a tear, and I think that this is one of those movies that helped learn, helped learn him, helped teach him how to kind of uh, work around his own desire to be flagrant and like arty. That said, uh, I find arty. Arty. I, I had to do that. Sorry. Now that you've done it, are, 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 are you done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I was Anna saying, Anna was in Hurley Burley. Come on. Uh, okay. oh. I had no idea what you were referencing, but Artie, Artie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um. So, I uh, I think that the 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 plot itself is incredibly simple. I think that um, these the, the 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 cliched side characters are of uh, his best friends are find tedious. <sighs> Um, I find a lot of the film tedious, especially that score. Uh, there, there, but like, does it hold up? I mean, there's a reason I didn't watch it again. I was not crazy when I about this movie when I watched it back in 2002. I thought it was like, eh, okay, I've seen that. I'm good now. And I'm as as you guys know, I am an inc- I'm a huge Philip Seymour Hoffman fan. I mean, I adore yeah. the man's work and have seen most things that he's done numerous times, but this is a snooze fest for me as far as what he's doing here. He's he's retapped into like Son of a Woman mode and it's just kind of like um he's I don't know, he's just not it's it's not a it's not a stretch for him. I think that he did it because he wanted to work with with Spike Lee, and he's he loves New York. He's it lived in New York or loved New York, so probably there's a lot of reasons why. And I know he was good friends with Ed Norton, so I'm, just, you know, I, I I don't think that this was uh, for me. This movie does not hold up. It's just uh, it's not a bad movie by any stretch. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna hold it against other movies like Clockers that we did or Black Klansman, other movies that Spike Lee has done, I, there's many many other movies of his that I would watch before this one. Well, maybe he loved Liza too much. That's what it was. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Nothing left. Man. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'm the one uh, co-host that's seen this probably the most times. Uh, I'm not so sure of that, but okay. You think so? Oh yeah, I've watched okay. this movie a lot. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. You're, you might be right. Uh, yeah, I, I find a lot of en- enjoyment in the film, mostly because of the filmmaking. I think any other filmmaking film filmmaker takes on this Benioff script, and I might not have watched it so many times, but I just, uh, man, I love the way Spike Lee films this stuff, his use of color and, and um, just the way he blocks his characters is, uh, is always so entertaining. Um, yeah, uh, last night when I watched this and, of course, on the way home, <laughs> I was nitpicking it quite a bit, dude. And that's the thing about this podcast, man. When you when you go back and you sit down with that pen and paper... You might regret. Uh, you might regret some things. And the biggest thing for me, the standout here, is the lack of uh, um, recompense. Is that a word? Yes. That, that Monty gives us. He Ronsco. He uh, uh, uh Montgomery. Um, all he talks about is how scared he is of getting like fucked in jail. Like there's yeah. there's no recompense here at all. Uh, there's there's nothing from philip seymour hoffman either he's like oh hey shit this dog might get me laid like yeah or you know there's nothing there yeah um yeah it's just a, it's some terrible situations in a foreboding tone for two hours and 15 minutes <laughs> i mean is it entertaining yeah and there's great performances and a lot of lovely stuff going on technically which will bring me back to it <laughs> again and again in the future uh, I think the film holds up. Uh, I think it's an interesting film. I think the importance that's placed on this in terms of it being a quote-unquote 9-11 movie is out of control and not based in any kind of fact. You toss all that out, no one's going to miss it, and you film this same screenplay 10 years later, they're probably not even going to allude to that sort of stuff. They'll consider it the distraction that it probably is. That being said, I like mm. the film, man. I love these performances, and uh, I do believe it holds up, man. All right, with All a right. score of sixty-six point three percent, six sixty-six point six. I can do math. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee House rules tonight. So there you go, Spike. Hopefully, uh, you haven't taken great offense to anything we said, and uh, you'll come on the show fuck. eventually. We'd love. Oh, he's not yeah. coming on the show. Well, no, no, he's always welcome. I'm just saying he wouldn't give a fuck about uh, oh, okay. if you like it or not. I'm sure. Which why would he? Three bozos on the end. Why do you? Yeah, it'd be funny. Be funny if Spike Lee did watch this and he's like, "God, I want to respond so bad." But if I do, I'm opening a can of worms here, and I'll never be left alone by the internet ever again. Brings Blanchard on. He's playing the trumpet like in the fifth window nonstop. Terry, Terry, give me a minute. We can't hear what Spike is saying because of Terry's playing. Yeah, yeah. Eighty-six Terrence Blanchard. Then you hit the road. All right, look. It was fun. 25th hour. Good times. And uh, I learned a lot about the film from you guys' perspective, so I'm happy for that, too. I appreciate that. I don't just want to know what I think. That's why I love doing the show. We get to collaborate here and see what everybody thinks. Let us know what you think. Cinnamonidepod at gmail.com. We'd love to get your feedback on this movie. Let us know if we're right or wrong or in the middle or just take it in your own direction. Next week, we're going to have Derek Myers on from Pop Goes Your World, which is a podcast you should check out with him and Chris McBride. It's Gen X versus the Millennial. And they, you know, Chris is stuck in the past and Derek likes to stay up to date and continue to watch things to this day. So he told me the movies he was wrestling over. And as someone who takes this very seriously, 
I said nothing. I don't even I don't even say like a hint of like, well, you could go. I don't do that at all. So if someone says like I'm considering these three movies, I'm like, just let me know what you think. Let me know what your answer is by so you know the deadline. I never interfere. I really wanted to on this case, but I can't. So we're stuck, in my opinion, with <laughs> a film from well, we had it was a finalist between a film from '94 and a film from '98, and uh, apparently his wife talked him out of the film from '94. So we're going with the film from 98. And he actually, I told him I was disappointed when I saw the actual answer. It doesn't mean we're changing it, but I said, oh, oh crap. Okay, well, yeah. But, and he's like, oh, well, maybe I should change it to so-and-so. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I, I take this job seriously. So, and I probably shouldn't, but I do. So we're doing 1998's The Truman Show. Oh. Oh, it's been on my short list for a long time. I can't wait. I oh. have so much to okay, say. Okay, great, good. I right. think it's already been said, but all right. Yeah, I'm sure we'll say some new things. Uh, that I'm not saying it's a bad move or anything. I just feel like maybe it's, to me, it was really obvious, but maybe it's not. I don't know. No. Well, I guess we'll find out next week with Derek Myers. Meyer or Myers? I'm, af I'm afraid of fucking... Meyer! Okay. With I think Derek it's Meyer. Myers. Uh, Shit. Do, are people called Meyer for a last name? Sure. Meyer is Meyer. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, yeah. like Meyer Thrifty <laughs> Major. Acres. There's a guy named Major. Pete it's Myers. not even spelled right. <laughs> yeah, Myers. It's Derek Myers. M-Y-E-R-S. Derek oh, Myers. Right. Uh, follow him on Twitter and uh, check out the show Pop Goes Your World. Uh, follow him on Twitter as long as it exists at <laughs> Amaron. A-A-M. Aaron, spelled like Chudpud. Aaron, E-R-O-N underscore D-M. A-M-E-R-O-N underscore D-M. D-I-A-M-O-N-D. All right, thanks, everybody. Cinema Dive Podcast. Hey, don't go far, though, because we're going to come right... Uh, what are you guys going to take, like, five-minute break, or are you guys just go right into it? I, I, I need, like, two minutes. Yeah, I, I need two okay, minutes. Okay, great. So in, like, two minutes or so, on this very station, we'll be coming right back around with Barbarian and... Cabinet of Curiosities analysis, correct? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Look to it. Sweet. The horror right, corner. Cool. You guys have a blast. I, I, yeah, it's going to be fun. Turn down the lights. Get ready. Settle in. Thanks, everybody. This has been the 25th, no, 25th hour. All right, we'll see. <laughs> you stop putting the thud for the 25th hour. You head west. <laughs>